0: Well, the title of the message this morning is In the Waiting, and if you have your Bibles open to Hebrews chapter 6, we're going to be looking at verses 9 through 12, and I want to talk to you this morning about what it means to live with patience. Over the beginning of this week, I had an opportunity to go on a trip of a lifetime, I was um, asked by a friend to join a group of buddies and go out to Sedona, Arizona, where we would mountain bike some of the most beautiful and some of the most technical uh, and some of the most insane mountain bike areas in the country. And one of the things about this trip was this group of guys, they weren't just ordinary bikers. I mean, these guys were, uh, they were accomplished mountain bikers. They were guys that were going to push you, and they were going to challenge you, and they were going to make the trip fun, but also make it uh, a trip that you had to work on. And when you get with a group of guys like that, one of the things that you find is that if you're in the front you're gonna be racing as hard as you can so that you don't slow anybody down. And if you're in the back, you're going to be doing everything that you can to try to keep up. So we got to the last day with this group of guys and it was an awesome day. And we had a ton of fun, but the last day was one of the hardest days, one of the most technical days. And as we were riding through all of this terrain and all of this elevation and all of these ascents and descents and, and everything that was going on, we began to get to the top of a section called the Broken Arrow. And the Broken Arrow was this section that was going to take us up to Hogstart. And Hogstart was a a new trail, but the whole Broken Arrow trail was 0.78 miles. And it took us 16 minutes. And the reason it took us 16 minutes is because it covered 248 feet of elevation, And so we were racing to get through to the end of this trail as fast as we could. I mean, we were going so fast, I flipped over my handlebars going uphill. No joke. I mean, that's the level that we were trying to move forward with. But the problem was as we rode, we had a measure of impatience. We were hurried and we were rushing. And when we got to the top of that 240-foot climb, we stopped and we looked around and we said, where are we supposed to go? And we didn't know where to go. And the problem was, we had missed the signs. And because we had missed the signs, we had to turn around and we had to go back. I mean, these signs were all over. And every time there was a trail that took you to the next place, we would stop and look at the signs. But in this case, we just kept blowing by them. And so we began the descent and we went back down Broken Arrow. And we traveled fast and it didn't take us as long, but we got to the bottom and we asked the exact same question Where is the sign? And I'm a little embarrassed to admit it, but because of our impatience, because of our hurriedness, because of our rushing, we had to climb another 240 feet, get almost to the top so that we could finally get the sign that we were looking for. See, one of the things that we have to learn in life is that if we're going to inherit the promises that God gives to us, we have to understand the principle of how we should live. And that principle is found in Hebrews uh, chapter 6, verse 12, when the author of Hebrews is writing to this church and he's explaining to them what it means to live as followers of Jesus Christ. And he says this to them, that it is through faith and patience that we inherit the promises. I mean, we've been absolutely blessed to listen to Pastor Dan's teaching on faith, and he has challenged us and encouraged us that our life should be lived in light of the promises of God. It should influence the way that we think about life. It should influence the things that we say. It should create a dynamic in how we serve the Lord that is unlike anything this world has ever seen. And yet most of us experience the challenge of seasons when we're waiting, In other words, there is the moments that we live by faith and we endure with patience, and then there is the time that we actually experience the fulfillment of God's promises. And in that moment, we're learning what it means to truly live by patience. If you're taking notes... Take a moment and just write this down. As we talk about what it means to live with patience, here's a good working definition as we follow Jesus. Patience is engaging with God as he turns hard things into good things that lead us into better things. See, one of the reasons that we struggle with patience is because we're so eager to get to that one thing that we want God to do. We have a tendency to miss what God is doing in the moment. This group of believers that the author is writing to in the book of Hebrews, they're experiencing some struggles in their faith that they did not expect to happen. They had become followers of Jesus Christ and they probably carried with them some assumptions about what it would look like and instead of seeing what they thought they would see and experiencing what they thought they would experience, they found themselves in a season season of persecution and they were finding that because of their faith, They were experiencing things that they were not enjoying. And it's in that context context, that the author is writing to this church and he's saying to them, continue to move forward in the things that God has called you to do because it is through faith and patience that you inherit the promises. question for you. As we've talked about the promises of God and the things that God can do in your life and the ways that he's going to bless you, what are the things that you're looking for? Most of us have one or two major things, something that we just wish God would deal with. Maybe an area of sickness that we wish he would heal. Uh, Maybe it's an area of financial struggle that we're hoping that he'll provide for. Uh, Maybe it's a relationship that we want God to restore. We all have it. But in the waiting for that moment when God moves in that particular area, the call to us as believers is to live with patience. As we talk about this idea of patience, it's important that we understand that regarding the concept of patience and how we should live, that there's also a warning that comes to us as we walk with the Lord, when we go through those seasons that we have to wait. In fact, the author of Hebrews, before they write to the church regarding living with faith and patience, it comes on the heels of a warning that he gives to them. Make a note of what he says in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 7 through 8. The word says, for the ground that drinks the rain, which often falls on it and brings forth vegetation useful to those for whose sake it is also tilled, receives a blessing from God. But if it yields thorns and thistles, it is worthless and close to being cursed, and it ends up being burned. If you're taking notes, write this down. When we're living in seasons, when we're waiting for God to move, we have to understand this concept and this warning, and that is this, impatience forfeits fruitfulness. See, this group of believers, is they're waiting for God to move and as they're wanting things to be different than they are right now, he knows that if they're not careful, they're going to get themselves into a place where they forfeit everything that God wants to do in the moment and they begin or they fail to produce the fruit that God wants to produce in them right now. I mean, this is what happens to us when we get impatient, isn't it? We, we start to put off this idea that, 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 that we can do anything for the Lord until he moves in the way that we want him to move. And then when everything is right, we can be faithful. I'll never forget, it was 2006. My wife and I had come through a hard season, and we had um, been wrestling with what it meant to follow the Lord and what it meant to keep our call with him And through a lot of wrestling and a lot of struggling and a lot of trials, we had made the commitment that we were going to continue to pursue God and his call for us in our life. And I had enrolled in a program where we were going to go out and we were going to plant churches. And and for me, it was sort of like my, my seminal moment of, Lord, I'm going to be faithful to you. And about a week before we got ready to go into that new program and continue to pursue our call, I'll never forget the phone call I got from my wife. And she said those words to me over the phone, I have cancer. I mean, I couldn't believe it. In my mind, there were a lot of assumptions about what it was that God would do in our life and and how he would honor our decisions to continue to be faithful. And and, and we didn't know what to do. and, And we began to wrestle with what it really meant to serve the Lord and follow him faithfully. And I'll never forget the primary question that we had to wrestle with was this. Will we continue to pursue the things that God calls us to do even when we haven't experienced the things that we're hoping for? In other words, will we be faithful to God as we wait for him to heal? Will we trust God as we pursue his call when we have a lot of uncertainty around us? And I can tell you, I won't forfeit, would never forfeit the work that God did in us and through us as we continue to be faithful to him. I mean, it has been absolutely amazing. But on the flip side of that is the warning. Our tendency can be to stop pursuing the Lord because we get impatient and we wanna get the one thing that we hope he does and we lose everything else that he is doing in our lives. So as we understand that, we can start moving forward and go after a life that is patient and faithful and it requires that we engage God in the moment and what he's doing, but we have to understand what it looks like and that's where the author of Hebrews is going with this church. In fact, if you're taking notes, let's write down a few of the things that we can know God is doing, a few of the things that will mark our life as we live with faith and patience. The first thing, write this down. Patience recognizes that God is working today. I mean, the author of Hebrews gives this warning and then he goes and he turns around and he immediately shares the hope that he has for this group of believers that although there is a warning that you could fall into unfruitfulness, I am convinced of better things. In fact, in Hebrews chapter six, verse nine, this is the way that he says it, but beloved, we are convinced of better things concerning you and things that accompany salvation, though we may speak in this way. In other words, the author of Hebrews says, listen, even though we gave you this warning, even though we want you to be aware of the dangers of not living by patience, we are absolutely convinced that you are going to experience the things, that accompany salva- the things that accompany salvation. So if I'm going to live with patience, I've got to recognize that God is at work today because there is so much more that God wants to do in my life than the one thing that I hope he does. That word for convinced, it's a great word in the Greek. It's, it's patheo. And it means to believe something or someone to the extent of placing reliance or trust on. It means to rely on or to trust in or to to depend on or to have complete confidence in. In other words, when I'm living with patience, I can be convinced that God has better things for me today, even in the midst of my waiting for what God is going to do in the future. There's a lot of things that accompany salvation. I mean, do you ever think about the list? I mean, there is a, a, a ton of things that accompany salvation. It isn't just about us getting into heaven. That's a great part, and it's a huge component of security for us as believers. But make a note of other things that God is doing today, things that God is always doing. First and foremost, God is always developing my character If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, one of the primary passions that God has for you is that you are conformed to his image. It means that as you walk through life, he's going to to be shaping you and changing you and and getting out of you things that that are a reflection of sin and building into you a reflection of a person who understands the grace that God has given to you and, 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 and bearing the fruits that come from his spirit that are living in you. So if I'm going to be patient and recognize what God is doing today, I'm going to allow God to continue to shape my character. In fact, I'm going to continue to walk with Him and work with Him and allow Him to change me. In fact, when Peter writes to the church, he reminds them of this, that this is part of the Christian life, that as we walk with the Lord and and as we live patiently, uh, we we should be developing some disciplines and habits in our life that are helping us cooperate with the work that God is doing. In 2 Peter Peter 1, verses 5 through 8, Peter writes this. Now, for this very reason also, applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence. And in your moral excellence, knowledge. And in your knowledge, self-control. And in your self-control, perseverance. And in your perseverance, godliness. And in your godliness, brotherly kindness. And in your brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, if I want to be someone that is living with patience, if I want to be somebody that's bearing fruit, then I want to work as God begins to help me apply diligence to my faith and moral excellence and knowledge and all of these things that are a reflection of being a follower of Jesus Christ. I mean, I don't like it, but I'm thankful that God is constantly reminding me of ways that I can be more like him, that, that he is constantly and lovingly bringing me along and, and, and helping me understand that his kindness, his kindness and his forbearance is leading me to repentance. And as I walk with him, he brings me to a place where I can increasingly reflect who Jesus is by his strength So if I'm paying attention to what God is doing and I'm recognizing the way that he's working, one of my primary questions is, Lord, what are you doing in my own life? And and what are some things uh, that, that you want to deal with me on? And Lord, would you search me and know me as I'm patiently waiting for you? How are you shaping my character right now? Something else that God is always doing, he is revealing his plans for my life. So not only is he shaping my character, but, but, but he's revealing the ways in which he wants to use me. I love this verse in John chapter 20, verse 21. It's a very simple verse, but it's, it's, it's important when it comes to understanding what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Jesus says to his disciples, again, Jesus said, peace be with you. And as the father has sent me, I am sending you. See, one of the things that God is doing in our life is he is asking us to be men and women that are living on mission for the sake of the gospel. He is invading a broken world and he has equipped us to be lights in that world and to be salt and to be out in the midst of of people that need the hope that Jesus offers. And, and, And if we're not patient as we're waiting for God to work in our life, we lose sight of the fact that God has you in a place right now where he wants to use you. God is a sender. And if I'm recognizing what God is doing in my life, and if I am living with patience, even when things are not ideal in my life, even when I wish things would change, I am always able to go to him and say, God, how are you asking me to be used today? What are the ways that you want me to be a light in this dark world? Who are the people that you've put me around that will allow me the ability to share with them the hope that we have in you so that you can be glorified and you can continue to use me even when I'm in a season of waiting? Make a note of a third thing that God is always doing. God is always allowing us to understand and experience the joy of seeing him work in his time. I love and struggle with 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6. Peter writes to the church and he says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time. Man, I love every part about this verse that if I humble myself before the Lord, If I am willing to continue to be faithful in the things that he's called me to, he is going to exalt me. And we read that and we're like, this is awesome. I can't wait until God does that. And then we experience the waiting for the proper time. And yet this is a part of how God is working. This is a part of what God is doing, that that as God is working and as God is moving in your midst, there are things that we're seeking him for and there's, there's ways that we want him to work and then there's seasons where it doesn't seem like he's working and our job as followers of Jesus Christ, our faithful life before him understands that God works things out in his time and man, his time is not always our time. I mean, have you ever seen it in your life where, where you want God to move and you want him to do something and, and you're just hoping that he'll do it and you're waiting and you're praying and, and, and then all of a sudden God shows up and he does it. And as God unpacks the story for you of how it happened and as you begin to hear, hear testimonies in the lives of people that were changed or, or the way in which God worked, you start to understand that, man, if, if the timing had been any different... Or, or if, if I had known that all of those things had to happen before God could move, I would have been more patient and waited for him to work in his time. See, if I'm recognizing the way that God is working today, one of those things that I know is that God is going to work at the proper time and my time frame may not be his time frame. And I can be okay with that. Because I can continue to live with joy and I can continue to trust that as he's shaping my character and as he's revealing his plans for his life, he's also going to move and he's going to do it in his time, but I am gonna continue to live humbly and walk before him and be faithful with the things that he has called me to do. The author of Hebrews goes on and he says this, for God is not unjust as to forget your work and the love which you have shown towards his name. in having ministered and still ministering to the saints. Uh, if you're taking notes, the second thing that we learn about what it means to live by patience, it's this. Patience is motivated by God's reward for faithfulness. If you ever had a futile job? I'll never forget in 1996, I was given the opportunity to move to Breckenridge, Colorado for the summer. And, and, and it was an awesome time. I did an internship with Young Life at a local church in Breckenridge, Colorado. It was a beautiful place. Uh, my wife and I, it was the year before that we would get married, and so we got to go hiking and camping, and we were serving the Lord, and, and it, was, it was just an amazing season. But the problem was I also needed a job. And I didn't have a job, and because I didn't have a job, I was obviously looking for one. And I remember one day I was coming out of uh, the Breckenridge Recreation Center, and some man just walked up to me and he said to me, Hey, are you looking for a job? And I said, Yes, I am, absolutely. So he ended up giving me a job that summer, and the job was basically construction. And we did a lot of different things. One of the main things that we did is we built a clay tennis court outside of the Breckenridge Recreation Center. But I'll never forget one day he, he, he came up to me and I had shown up for work and he said, hey, I've got a special job for you. And I said, okay, great, I'm, I'm in for anything. What do you want me to do? And he said, well, I'm gonna have someone take you out. They'll tell you what you're doing, grab a drill, jump in the truck. And so we did, I grabbed a drill, I jumped in the truck and we went out to a highway miles outside of town in the middle of nowhere and they stuck me on a wall that had these iron post holders and I looked at this wall and I looked down the line and I was amazed at how many there were. I mean, there were miles of these post hole holders made of iron and, and he handed me the drill and he said, all right, time to get started. And I said, what do you want me to do? And he said, well, you got to drill a hole in every one of these so that the water can run out when we put the posts in. And I'm pretty competitive and I'm pretty stubborn and I'm pretty committed to getting things done. So I said, you know what? I'm gonna get this thing done. And so I began drilling on that first post hole holder and I drilled and I drilled and I drilled and I started sweating and I drilled and I drilled and and it literally took me 35 to 40 minutes to drill one hole. And I looked at that hole and I looked down the line. Let's just say I didn't make it for very long. There's something that happens to us when work seems to be futile. And as I looked down the line and I saw that this is going to be a never ending job and there's going to be no reward for it and, and it's going to be exhausting and I just don't see any reason to do it, we begin to give up. It's not that way. Everybody say not. And turn to someone sitting on the couch next to you and just say, It's not that way. It's not that way when we serve the Lord. See, patience is motivated by God's reward and God is going to be faithful. The author of Hebrews knows that that this group of believers, as they're experiencing this persecution, they have been faithful up until this point. They have ministered to the saints. They have loved the church. They have cared for people. They have used their gifts. They have followed the Lord into the things that he's called them to. And now as they're getting discouraged, he knows that there might be a a season for them where they might shrink back or they might stop pursuing the things that God has called them to do and, and he reminds them that as they're working, keep this as your motivation that God is not unjust to forget your work. Know this in your season of waiting as you want God to do something and you seem, it seems like he's not doing it. Remember that God is going to reward everything that you have done up until this point. And he will continue to reward the things that you do as you are faithful. So easy for us to forget that. And when we forget that, discouragement begins to set in. And when discouragement sets in, we begin to be apathetic. And when we're apathetic, we're ineffective in the things that God has called us to. And the author of Hebrews is saying, don't forfeit the reward that God is going to give you. Listen, there's rewards in this life and in the life to come. There's the reward of seeing God work in people's lives. There's the reward of watching God heal other people and restoring their lives as they come to know who Jesus is. And then there's also the reward that Jesus is bringing. He says it in Revelation Behold, I'm coming quickly. And so not only do we continue to be faithful, and be motivated by God's reward, we understand that there's going to be things we experience now, and there's going to be that day when we stand before him, and he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant, and that has to be a motivation for us. If we lose sight of that, we run the risk of losing a life that is marked by patience as we wait for God, continuing to be faithful to the things that he's called us to. Something else, he teaches us about faithfulness. He he turns the corner with this group of believers and he knows that they need to be reminded that God is going to reward the work that they do. And he also reminds them of a blessing that will come to them if they continue to be faithful. If you have your Bibles open, read this in verse 11. He says to them, and we desire that each one of you show the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end. And so he's writing to them and he's saying, as you're remembering that God will honor your faithfulness, that God is not unjust to forget it, continue to show the same diligence as you move forward with him. If you're taking notes, write this down. Patience turns hope into assurance through diligence. I mean, that's quite a formula. In other words, God is saying to us through his word that if you live a life of patience, part of that means that you will begin or continue to be diligent to do the things that God has called you to do, and the result of that is that your diligence will turn what you hope for into assurance. Let me help you understand what these words mean. First, the word for diligence it means that we live a life that we take earnest care for the things that God has called us to. The idea is that we live with haste or zeal and, and, and we, we wanna watch out for the things that God is asking us to do and we're careful to pay attention to them. Not impatience, but urgency. And that word for insurance, it means the full assurance or to have entire Confidence. It means that, that, that we literally allow what we believe to carry us and to cause us to continue because we know that God is going to be faithful. And I love this picture that he gives to us as he writes to the Hebrews. He's, he's telling them that if you live with patience, it means that you are diligent about the things that God has called you to do and you can know that as you're diligent in those things, God will take the things that you hope for and he will turn it into things that you are certain of. He increases your confidence. Here's another way that this could be translated. It could be read in the Greek this way, but we are strongly desirous that each one of you show the same diligence, which will develop your hope into full assurance until the end. In other words, as you're a follower of Jesus Christ, keep doing the things that God has called you to do. Keep being patient and faithful in the moment. Keep walking with him and allowing him to change you and conform you into his image and show you where he's sending you and use you to see him move in his time. See, I think sometimes we forget that the blessing comes through the diligence. If you remember back to what the author of Hebrews had said at the beginning as he's writing to this group of believers with that warning, he makes an interesting statement. He says, The ground that drinks the rain which often falls on it and bring, brings forth vegetation useful to those for whose sake it is also tilled receives a blessing from God. In other words, when we bear fruit, as we receive God's rain upon our lives as he blesses us and we bear fruit it increases the blessing so the author of Hebrews is writing to this church he's explaining to them that one of the ways that God blesses us is as we commit to bearing fruit even in the difficult seasons too often too many of us think that God's blessing is going to come to us down the road it will be a thing for later on and, 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 and my experience of what God can do in my life and how God can use me, it's all gonna get put on hold until he does this one thing that I'm hoping that he will do. When in fact, it's through the patient endurance, it's through allowing diligence to turn hope into insurance that it opens the door for God to begin to use us. I've seen this in my life countless times and, and, and maybe you can relate. Maybe you go through a season where financially you're struggling and you want God to bless you and you want him to, to, to help you grow and, and, and you want him to provide and, and what you're missing in that season of struggle is that he is trying to teach you lessons of stewardship so that he can bless you and then through that stewardship continue to increase you and, 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 and allow you to experience the abundance that he wants to give to you. And we have a tendency to forget that, that God, God isn't going to do that when we're living a life that isn't aligning with who he's called us to be or what he's called us to do. So if I'm going to be patient while I wait for him to move, if I'm going to be patient, I'm going to live with diligence. And I'm gonna trust that that diligence is going to take the things that I'm hoping for and allow me to begin living with certainty that they're going to come to pass in my life. Make a note of this last thing. He writes to this church and as he reminds them of how it is that they're supposed to live, he, he says this to them, verse 12. So that you... Referencing how they live with diligence, so that you will not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So that you will not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. If you're taking notes, write this down. Patience actively follows godly examples. This church is being reminded that that if they're going to live with patience, if they're going to be faithful to the things that God has called them to, then then one of the things that should drive them is they're going to look at the ones that have gone before them that have lived with faith and patience and they're gonna become imitators of them. Who are you following? You may not realize it, but you are following someone. The Bible is very clear that the people we surround ourselves with, the ones that we invest the most time with, those that we invite into our presence, that we build our community on, they are going to have an influence in the direction that we go. And as this church is struggling with not experiencing the things that they had hoped that they would experience... They're being reminded to continue to look to the examples of men and women that have lived with faith and patience and imitate them. That word for imitate, it means it means to follow them. It means to, it it really means to allow them to become your discipler. In other words, when I am living a life that is seeking to live by faith and patience, I want to start making a note of the people that represent faith and patience well. Let me give you three places that you should be looking all the time for examples of faith and patience. Number one, examples in Scripture. One of the ways that we follow people is that we study their lives as God has used them and as he's worked in them and as he's worked through them. And there are so many examples in the word of God of people that have been given promises by God and walked through seasons where they've had to be patient and experienced all the things that God wanted to do in their life. I think often about Joseph, who was given a clear vision of how God was going to use him, and he had to wait 13 years before the Lord fulfilled the things that he said he would do. Not only did he wait 13 years, but he was sold into slavery by his brothers. He was put into prison. He was accused of trying to rape an official's wife. I mean, the things that he went through. And he continued to wait on the Lord and God in his timing put him exactly where he said he would put them. If I'm going to live a life of patience, I have to know the stories of the people that have been faithful to the things that God has called them to and understand that the ways in which that they were faithful are the ways in which God has called me to be faithful, for me to live with patience. Secondly, examples throughout history. What do you know of the stories of saints that have walked before us? Have you read their stories? Have you heard of the Jim Elliots of the world that were faithful to serve the Lord and, and go to the places that he called and willingly give up his life? And Elizabeth Elliot, who after him, went to the same people that took the life of her husband and patiently prayed for them and waited for God to move so that they all became followers of Jesus Christ. Do you know the stories of D.L. Moody? Do you know the stories of Bruce Olson, the famous missionary? Uh, There are so many stories of people in history who were faithful and patient to follow God into the things that he called them to do and the ways that he said he would bless them. And through their lives, they experienced everything that God had for them. Those are the people that we want to live to. Those are the people that we want to imitate. Number three, and I think the hardest, how about in your daily life? Our contemporaries, the people that are around us on a regular basis. I don't know that we're very good at being active and intentional about, intentional about looking for godly examples and seeking out people that, as we watch their life, we're recognizing that they are living with faith and patience, and the result is that they're experiencing and inheriting the promises that God said He would bring into their life. Who are you following? And if you're not quite sure who you're following, make a note of your life and where you're at. And you begin to see that you're being influenced by the people that are around you. And if I'm going to live with patience, if I'm going to be among those that inherit the promises of God, I need to find the godly examples that are doing the very same thing. Those people that have gone before me and have experienced the things that I need to learn from, those are the people that I want to look at. I mean, this is what discipleship is. I love this idea that God has called us to make disciples, but that doesn't mean that we're supposed to sit around and wait for people to disciple us. Here in Hebrews, we're being told that if you're going to continue being patient and faithful, you have to take the initiative to find the people that have modeled modeled a life of faith and patience and say, that's what I want to imitate, that's who I want to follow. So, how are you doing? in the waiting, in this season, as you are hoping that God is going to do something or multiple things, have you learned that in order to inherit the promises, he is calling you to live with faith and patience? I'll never forget. I had a woman one day come to me and she said, kind of jokingly, but kind of seriously, don't ever pray for patience. I remember thinking that was really odd. And I asked her, I said, Well, why do you say that? And she said, Because as soon as you pray for patience, bad things are going to happen to you, and God's going to teach you patience. And and she went on and on and on. And And I thought about that, and I thought, Man, how sad would that be to not pray for the very thing that determines your ability to inherit the promises of God? It's only through faith and patience that we will experience the things that God has called us to and the things that he has promised us. So as you're waiting for God to move, as you're wondering when he's gonna do, what it is you hope he does, know this, God is at work even today. Don't miss it. Live with faith and patience and trust as you do that. Trust as you seek him. Trust as you allow him to shape your character and reveal to you the ways that he wants to use you where he has you and and learn to rest in his timing. Wait for him and watch him work today. And through your faithfulness and through your patience, God will continue to bless you. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be together even though we're separate to live in such a time when through technology we can continue to hear from you and and minister to one another and, and, and pray together and seek you. And Lord, I love what your word is teaching us about being patient, about living in those seasons of waiting. Lord, help us to remember that patience is engaging with you because you are turning hard things into good things that are going to lead us into better things. It's so easy for us to forget that. We lose sight of the abundance of things that you're doing in us today because we're hoping for that one thing. And Lord, we wanna live by faith and we wanna know that you are going to do everything that you've said you would do. But help us to understand that living patiently and living faithfully means that we don't miss the work that you're doing in the moment. In fact, Lord, as we continue to walk with you and as we continue to allow you to use us, you are going to through our patience cause us to bear fruit that we wouldn't have borne, except that we had this season to wrestle with you and allow you to change us. So Lord, we trust you moving forward from here. We thank you for the season that we're in and we thank you that you are going to use it for good. Lord, you're going to use it and you're going to turn it so that we would be blessed through it and we love you and we thank you for your generosity. We pray that you would go with us from here, and we commit all these things to you in Jesus' name. And all all God's people said, amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Calvary, it's so good to be with you today. We look forward to seeing you very soon. Have a great day in Christ.